0: OTB Sports
1: Rugby 1-15, to 15, everyone's got a role to play in terms of breaking down the opposition but it's an enjoyable attack to, to be involved in because we all like to play
0: rugby and get our hands on the ball and stuff like that Subscribe to the Rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now
1: Football on
0: Off The Ball
1: With Sky Watch Premier League, Women's Super League Scottish Premiership and much more Live on Sky
0: Sports all right, I'm delighted to be joined by the Republic of Ireland manager, Stephen Kenny. How are you keeping? Yeah, very well, David. It's been a few months since you've been out and about. I presume as Ireland manager you don't get official holidays and you haven't just had the feet <laughs> up for the last three months.
1: No, listen, it's, uh, it's you know, it's it's been an interesting period. You know, you get an opportunity to go get to the World Cup to see vital games and uh, and to see the players playing in England recently. So it's been, uh, and to prepare, of course, for, the forthcoming campaign.
0: Uh, you got a good insight into both France and the Netherlands at the World Cup, maybe at times a somewhat frightening insight into just how good they can be. What are your main, as much as you can tell us, what were your main takeaways from the World Cup?
1: Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't see it as, that, as a frightening um, experience. Like, I, I definitely, uh, I knew going out from Holland's perspective that there was only so much I could learn. I knew a were changing coach. Mm. Ronald Koeman's coming in a different, maybe different system, even different way of playing than Louis Louis Van Gaal but it was good to see the characteristics of the players live and some of the players that we know obviously the the higher profile players but some of the players have emerged and it was good to see their characteristics see them live and see what they how they they look live and that was important I think uh, with France it was fascinating really because you know say the Tunisia game for for example they made so many changes in the game that they lost um, to change the whole team but it was really important because we all know the characteristics of all the best players but the players that are emerging I got to see all of those Mm. um, live and maybe not at their best in that game but you know and I I think that's important with the nature of the Dutch game France playing Holland three, three days before the playoffs so you know, there is a possibility he could make changes. You know, and we have to, we have to con- consider that and have to plan for it. Uh, from my point of view, seeing Denmark against France was a brilliant game to see. Really brilliant. If I could have picked a team to to play France and to see, if you give me all the teams to work up to pick, I would have picked Denmark. Right.
0: Um, you you see them as close tactically to well, what you're trying I'm to
1: not do? To, not, to, not not necessarily, but tactically the most interesting and most relevant to us and um, so that was fascinating it was a great game and uh, so good, good to see it and obviously France are World Cup holders 2018 in the World Cup final nearly double World Cup holders lost on penalty shootout yeah, one of the top two teams in the world but obviously our second season air group mm. yeah, remarkably uh, so so that's that's the nature of it.
0: I ask because when you were in studio with us a couple of years ago, obviously you were you were very open and honest on uh, your health issues that time in Sweden. But you spoke brilliantly actually for the first ten minutes about just being at the Euros and watching Portugal. And you spoke that day about Bernardo Silva's positioning and the way that they the the way the wingers played on that team. And then actually, I think watching Ireland, it seemed a lot of what you had seen had sort of fed into Ireland's tactical plan. When you when you look at at France, like the thing that people really remarked upon in those opening games was Griezmann who'd sort of become the forgotten man of French football and his role almost as a more deep lying attacker almost another midfielder was was that something you were expecting going into the tournament?
1: Yeah I, I, think, I think you must consider the games before that which are the Nations League game. France didn't have a great Nations League campaign maybe it wasn't their highest um Priority mm. with the World Cup, but they were experimenting. How do we get Benzema, Mbappe, and Griezmann into the same team? So they were playing with three at the back, and they played Griezmann behind the front two. And you think he could adapt easily? From he's been a second striker in the previous World Cup. They played an imbalanced team in the in the previous World Cup where they played Mbappe wide on the right in 2018. Griezmann's second striker to Giroud, and um, they played a narrow three in midfield then. Uh, in in Tweedy was was uh, Matuidi mm. was was uh, uh, narrow on the left, the couple of Mencante and Pogba then, but um, in, in you know they didn't get good results <laughs> with that system with the three at the back. So traditionally, uh, obviously Didier Deschamps has been played with back four uh, at Monaco and, and certainly uh, with France, and they've been su- hugely successful. Um, so the evolution of that sort of fluid system with Griezmann in in an eight, in, you know, as a an orthodox midfield player really playing, uh, as the most advanced of the three in midfield. But nevertheless, um, that those would not have been characteristics people would have seen from before being an out and out striker really. And uh, and he like wouldn't have cost a hundred million, mm. you know, because that's, that's that was how, job, yeah. that's how highly was regarded. And he was uh, terrific for Atletico Madrid in those early years. And went to Barca then. But um, he had a, he had the tempo, France player. Um, they 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 do rely on individual uh, brilliance, and um, he provided.
0: That bit of Deschamps thinking slightly differently then with the Griezmann and giving France something different. You don't get to the top of the game, the top of coaching the way you have without constantly learning and looking around for new styles, new techniques. When you're looking around now, when you're going to a World Cup, when you're going to matches, are are there coaches that you're looking at who you feel really are at the forefront of things that maybe we don't know about, that maybe we're not focusing on, where it's, you know, we look at Guardiola and Klopp all day long, are there other names that, that you would look around Is, Europe look around the world and uh, admire
1: it's not so much n- names as such I admire teams really to watch and um, I do think that there had been a lot of uh, <laughs> just in, in my opinion a lot of people said well <sighs> you know we must learn from Morocco they have a way of playing mm. and Morocco are outstanding in the World Cup there's no doubt um, we must learn from them and they must be a blueprint for us in how we play and uh, it's a point of view you know to respect but I think Morocco were a country of 170 million obviously they had the uh, diaspora really of all of those players from France and Spain uh, you know and, and, and other countries and they played a certain way to get to the, the, the under a different coach to get to the the World Cup and obviously played in a very counter-attacking step with some terrific players but I don't think that necessarily it's relevant to us I don't see the relevance with the characteristics of players they've got to what we've got I don't see that but I think we can learn from the country I think we can learn most from is Croatia the country 4 million people World Cup final World Cup semi-final but Okay, they've got some world-class players, particularly Mm. Modric who's playing with Real Madrid. We don't have players playing at that level, but it's their intention to dominate possession. They never have an inferiority complex and it's their intention, no matter who they're playing, to get a foothold in possession. They are never thinking about how can we sit and hopefully break and get something. They are thinking, they play Brazil and they're looking to dominate possession. Okay? Now, it doesn't always work because Brazil are so good they force you back. Sure. All right? But for us... And I experienced this myself in, in the Champions League and in the Europa League uh, over the over the years that in order, and this was a sea change really in how our teams, I felt, set up in Europe and we must, and, and we have now over the last two years, I feel, um, improved. We, we, we mustn't think that we have to sit back and, and counter all the time regardless who we're playing. Like, There is an assumption, for example, that when we play France, that they're vastly superior to us, and which obviously they are. They got two World Cup finals, that they will dominate against us, you know, possession and that. But I think Croatia, one legitimate way of winning those games, sometimes, and I think it's important to to pass with penetration. You know, in my early time as manager, we were retain the possession without penetrating and you don't want that then we've improved and since we've gone with three at the back played 20 uh, some of the stat camp today we played 22 games we scored 33 goals so scoring goals hasn't been an issue for us Okay, and I think uh, we're more fluid now and we have the ability to do that and all those players have, sco- have scored their first goals for Ireland mm. Okay, but I do think that Croatia sometimes when the Croatia played play Brazil who were superior to them because Croatia were, were not the team of four years ago for example I didn't think but yet, yet they beat Brazil. They created it. They they without creating chance, So They dominated possession. Sometimes without penetration. And sometimes I found that myself in some of the European victories. It, it's a way of winning. In in dominating possession, you're not necessarily penetrating in any major way, but you're staying in the game for long periods, true 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 keeping possession. And we, we we that's that's something that that. Uh, we must be confident in an ability to, to retain possession and to pass the ball the way we can and we've got cutting edge players who can score goals
0: Well that's when you look at Croatia and you look at Modric like it's a bravery that Modric has to get it's on a, the ball it's not
1: Modric it's like just You just, you feel Croatia player, when, when Modric it's, it's, steps it's, it's, it's away it's not, they'll continue it's, it's, to play it's, like it's, that Well I think he's best, obviously their best player but I think it's a mindset and um, you know and I think they've got players playing overall a, a higher standard than we have hmm. not, but I think it's you know Dynamo for Ireland as a nation we need Dynamo Gr- Zagreb we need Shamrock Rovers or Cork City or Derry City to be our Dynamo Zagreb you know what I mean and our uh, Hedgex particularly Zagreb produce all these players and obviously with the academy system now evolving and we're still you know it, it is, it is um, in its infancy really in Ireland but we need we need to produce players ourselves in the way that they have you know and then obviously they'll move on to the bigger the bigger leagues when they got to the, get the opportunity and i think um i think croatia are a really good model for us obviously they don't have gaa or, or rugby mm. in such a strong in, in such a country of our size that we have and you know but i think they're i think we can learn a lot from them about their club model but also the uh, their mindset as well you know that they're, they the they trust them trust the technical level of the and all our players, all our defenders now have come through. Like we've, we've, 18 players have come through our, 18 players have come through our own system in the last two years. 18 players, Nathan, eight, like that's, that's unprecedented. And they've all come through our own system and they're all good in the ball and they're all technically decent. Okay, so I think that's, um,
0: did you uh, see that bravery when you, when you first came in? Because I remember talking to John Giles about one of the early games even maybe just past the Mm. COVID era and talking about possession football he's, he was making that point of there's possession for possession's sake but there's another level to it then actually yeah. that you're doing something no, when you're that, on the ball do, it, do you think there was a confusion as to even amongst the players as to what people expected from your style of football that people thought it would be 65-70% just keeping hold of it for the sake of keeping hold of it
1: yeah no it, not, that's not the way you want to play in the vast majority of games like I think um, you, you need to have penetration in your play, like there's no doubt about it. And that's what we found in our early days we were playing without penetration to get the players
0: Why was that, do you think?
1: Well we just want midfield players looking forward and passing quickly and you know, we want uh maybe get I mean people watched uh, the early playing from the back of the early days through their hands. Mm. They were nervous of us and felt we were unsure doing it but I never had any doubts that we've not you know, we've not conceded any goals from playing out. And you know We've obviously created a lot of chances with, with the goals, as we've said. But, um, you know, from a sports science point of view, we brought impact in the German company to measure our forward passing, just to validate, uh, you know, the and measure, you know, every player's for, you know forward passing and their, their their range of passing. And you know, we did that just to verify what we see with our own eyes. You and know. when you
0: present that to the players, are the players Initially, would they've been surprised by the lack of forward passing? Would they have thought that they were there yeah, was more just penetration video, just than there actually show, just, was? Show
1: video clips. I think mm. players see it, and we, you know, clip stuff and Keith Andrews and um, Stephen Rice as well, and you know Dean clip We're clipping stuff all the time and just show, showing the players and there better ways we can do things.
0: Is that it? A- is that a an inbuilt lack of confidence amongst Irish players no, that they don't I, feel I, I don't, that is it a no, technical thing? I don't think it is
1: no I think it was just I think I don't think we can have, we have that now. I think we 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 uh although we did show for the first time we went back that way a little bit in the first half against Norway in in the last window mm. where we didn't play quick forward quickly enough and in the second half we addressed that and created a, a lot more chances against a, a really good out uh, possession team like Norway are you know, good players and obviously like a, a lot of these countries are producing like Norway are producing Odegaard and Halland, and um, Sweden are producing Kuzaleski and
0: Isaac and, oh, and
1: Kuz. yeah you know and Chikarez. And so the, a, lot, a, lot of, a lot of good players but I think from our point of view the characteristics of Air forwards two years ago when I took over Nathan when you looked at when David McGoldrick retired then the characteristics there are much different now completely different all of a sudden we've got Adam Ida back fit and back run very very quick centre forward leads the line we've got Michael Obafemi, we've got Chidozie Benya, we've got Evan Ferguson who's come onto, onto the frame we've got Troy Parry and Aaron Connolly who's injured at the moment but as well as the other players that we have like Callum Robinson who's injured as well and Will Keane and so forth but the the uh, all of those players have different characteristics than what we had before, different characteristics and that uh, that enables us to play differently.
0: Did you ever speak to David McGoldrick over the course of the past season about the potential of him coming back? <laughs> no, no, he's obviously in the form of his life.
1: Listen, David's a g- tremendous individual. What a warm person, um, really brilliant uh, person. But he he had his reasons, and and he disclosed to me, and I understand him. We have to respect him, and um, and you know he's prolonging his career now and we wish him well.
0: So just on the development of players, a couple of things. So Roy Barrett, when he announced he was leaving, gave a really interesting interview on funding and the lack of government funding for football since the turn of the century and it working out about 100,000 euro per soccer club, twice that for GEA, three times that per rugby club. And also there's been a... Conversation over the past couple of weeks about academy staff and Luton Town having as many academy staff as there is in the entire Irish uh, professional system. The setup Vinnie Perth was on talking about, been over at Fleetwood, the incredible setup that they have there. How far along are we? Like, there's a danger always of patting ourselves on the back that a Gavin Bazunu progresses and that. There'll always be outliers. Players will always come through. But when you're going around the world and you're looking at Croatia, or you, you know you've been in Portugal this week looking at Mikey Johnson, you're seeing teams, you're seeing their setups. Like, where are we in the European order in terms of, of football and developing players?
1: Yeah, well, I
0: think there's a lot in that.
1: Yeah, that's that's a big question, and uh, in many ways considering the resources we're punching above our weight in, in some respects and obviously that's been reflected in the under 17 and 19s in their rankings both in the top mm. 10 in Europe but um, and that's credit to the coaches involved and I think um, but It needs uniformity, of course, and it needs no gaps in the system. There's a lot of gaps in the system due to money, really. You know, they can't have teams only play every two years. It's recently changed under 14, 15, no under 16s, you know, and under 17, no under 18s, Mm. and then 19, and then you're finished. If you're not not ready for the first team and you're under 19 and and the season's over, you're done with the game. And not only that, you're lost. You're completely lost because it's just a drop off. Hardly anyone comes back. You
0: know, it's, yeah.
1: uh, it's so it is a. It's not not an ideal system, and infrastructurally facilities, all the rest. It's you, you've had numerous debates on this. You know, I, I don't need to add any more. You know, I think you know people know the facilities are miles behind what you'd need, and the clubs are underfunded, and and the stadiums are completely underfunded, and train facilities are underfunded. So we we know that, and um, and we mustn't accept that as. You know, we we must fight. I think Roy Barrett was making that point, and I'm sure um, Jonathan Hill, the FAO CEO, will be determined to try and address that. And he, I know he has a plan going forward that he's he's working towards. Uh,
0: Mikey Johnson was in the papers today, so you've been over to Portugal to see, is he...
1: How did anyone, uh, how did anyone know that? I went, discreet. I went in discreetly. that. Did
0: you? You're not that discreet. Front seat of the Ryanair flight I went, over. I went,
1: is that right? <laughs> I went in, uh, mustache and... Mustache in glasses. No, I think um, the... Uh, yeah, um, yeah. I went to went to see. Uh, you have mentioned it. <laughs> uh, Vitória Guimarães versus Braga on Monday night. But um, it's it's funny. It's Portuguese football. That's something we focus on in Ireland. But I remember the UEFA Cup final being in Dublin mm. and Porto played Braga in the final. I don't remember that you might have covered it. Yeah, like, Falcao, you know. scored the winner. Yeah, and uh, last year Braga got to the semi final of mm. the Europa League which is and they're not one of the big clubs like so you've got obviously Lisbon Benfica and yeah, Sporting Lisbon Benfica and Porto are the big three aren't they and then so yeah uh, yeah um, so he's in yeah well the, the uh, I, I would have hoped by now but the, it's not been confirmed by UEFA so um, we're still waiting to have that confirmed but yeah he's committed to Ireland and um we're delighted to have him, and he's someone that played in four Scottish Cup finals before. He was 22, you know, and uh, for Celtic, it's very hard to make the breakthrough. Celtic have to be good to play in their first team, and um, so he came through to the academy and played. And he just spent a year out injured, which is difficult from you know, calf operations and difficult, you know, difficult. So in the interim year, Celtic signed <laughs> a lot of good yeah. players, a lot of Japanese players, and a lot of players in different parts of the world, and, and had a great season. So he found himself on loan in Portugal, just after coming back from injury late in the day and and, uh, finding his feet again and trying to find his rhythm. So I think he'll be a good good, uh, addition to Ireland over the next few years.
0: How much time? How much work do you put into those type of players? Irish eligible players. I know, you know, back home in Ballyhounas, John Joe Finn had the very strong connection back in Ballyhounas with his with his granddad, and you know, work was put in there. And you know, we'll see how he develops at Catafé over the next mm. few years. Shidoziyuk Beni did a brilliant piece with us with his parents talking about his heritage and you know, growing up in Nigeria. And it, like being honest, it wasn't a straightforward decision. For him, as much as we want every player to come singing our own Naveen, it's it's not always the case. How much of it, when you're looking and talking to them players, is is convincing them, and how much do you need to be convinced that they want to come?
1: Yeah, I don't think you can generalise. Lately, every every you know, I think ultimately um, the profile of the squad at the moment is Irish-born players. Ninety-five percent of the players are nearly Irish-born, over ninety percent. So. It's uh, players that have come through our own system. But like like anything else, Nathan, if you were to go get that big money move to BBC to work yourself in in, in England and, uh, our sco- and, 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 and your, your son or daughter wanted to play for Ireland, um, you should be perfectly, legitimately able to do that. Or your, your children or grandchildren. Mm. And uh, it's it's the same for everyone. When they when they, when they when they're abroad, so um, the Josh Cullens uh, are very proud to play for Ireland, coming through the system, you know, and playing for Ireland from a young age and really coming through and and, uh, and Callum Robinson and other players of that ilk and you know I'm sure Mikey, uh, um, his family are from Dirty so he he uh, he looked forward to, to 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 linking up.
0: Quite a few news stories over the last few weeks. John O'Shea has come in as one of your coaches uh, there was a lot of rumours that maybe Anthony Barry was going to come back can you talk us through the process over the last few months as to no
1: listen I think I think the thing about it is that John O'Shea when I was under 21 manager I spent four days at Reading uh, I didn't actually move in with him for four days but I, I stayed in the hotel at Reading and he picked me up we went you know we we, we uh, I went to train I shadowed Mark Bowen Eddie Nidzwecki and himself for four days and and um, they, uh, we, you know, we, we watched, we trained together, done the clips, I was in all the meetings, and I was, um, so, and then on the back of that, then, you know, I recommended to Jim Crawford that you can, you know, consider him as an assistant because Jim hadn't known John, but Jim, Jim ultimately makes his decisions. But Jim met John, and, uh, and they were happy to work together, and they worked brilliantly together, um, together with Alan Reynolds, and, uh, so, John was um, in that period. I think obviously he, he had an incredible career 118 caps, great career at Manchester United and Sunderland and so forth. And um, he, uh, great humility, John has, you know, I think there's no question about that. I think he, in the meantime, he'd done his pro licence and had done another course. In UEFA and obviously I would have met him on the pro license a bit because I, I presented a couple of things on the pro license and I would have met him and, and stayed in contact. So for him, it was just making sure that he was ready himself. And uh, we wa- I wanted somebody who would fit seamlessly into the group. Because when John Use's left, um, we took our time and said, right, we don't need to, you know, we don't need to replace him. Now let's take our time and... Uh, Let's not not make a quick appointment, and um, let's uh, consider what we need in, in in the team. And John gets on brilliantly with Keith Andrews. Then Kyle who's a former teammate in the squad with both of those, um, and obviously he's been it can be a disadvantage at times I suppose being an ex-teammate of some senior players but they have such great respect for John that it isn't an issue and with some of the younger players he's coached in the under-21s he's had a campaign with with, with Jim Crawford and uh, with the under-21s and on, on, on part of another, the previous campaign so so he's come, come on and uh, so ultimately okay decision was only made uh, recently but he had to be sure that that's what he wanted to do. You know, from my point, I had to be sure that that's what he wanted mm. to do. I did. You know, You know, for him, was his next stage in his career to be a manager or was it to come and coach with the Irish team and he, he's, he left me in no doubt that that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to progress with the Irish team and, um, and this is where he sees his future.
0: How excited are you about Evan Ferguson's progress?
1: Yeah, like uh, it I, it's interesting because I, I do feel that the international team has helped elevate the status of a lot of players you know like I'm Nathan Collins had the, the exposure to mm. that early Jason Knight you know Jason Malumby all, all of those players really helped elevate them you know and, and and some of the strikers as well but not the case with Evan because Evan missed out on He's younger obviously incredible incredible 2004 birthday like so he missed out on the international teams under 18 and 19 because because of COVID mm. so he wasn't wasn't able to play for Ireland and he's really done this he played a few games in you know, the 21s last year but I remember speaking to Tom Owen and saying what about Evan how you know how, you know at various times under 19 he said Stephen I never had him because of COVID you know I never you never actually got the pleasure of really being with him very, very rarely you know and um, so he he's gone to the old traditional route if you like come true Bahamian's into Brighton he was in a last camp he came come on two, two cameo appearances against Norway and Malta and then the talk was at Brighton that he was going out on loan and all of a sudden he got his opportunity and he's already played Liverpool twice and beat Liverpool yeah. twice and played a lot of games and He had a remarkable uh, start, really, to his career, and and done fairly well.
0: Because you can claim to be something of an Nostradamus with this, because I think when he made those couple of appearances back in November, you made some comments of, you know, people were questioning he wasn't playing for Brighton at the time. Why is he getting the international call up? And you had a feeling that by the time these games would come around, Mm -hmm. that he would be in a position to have played enough football. You didn't think it was going to be with Brighton, though.
1: I wasn't sure. You know, I wasn't sure. But um, so far in his er in the early stages of his career. He's made everything look quite easy. Mm. You know, he keeps things simple. He, he protects the ball really well. He shields the ball well. He takes the ball in. Makes good, simple decisions, good decisions in possession. Um, and It's hard to he's mobile. remember that he's only 18. He's mobile and his movement in the box is very good. He's natural strikers instincts And, of course, he scores headed finishes, which fewer or fewer strikers nowadays are scoring headed goals in under 21s against Israel in the first playoff brilliant headed goal and uh, he has the ability to score headed goals which is a, which is great off-crosses to be able to do that
0: I was watching him in the Liverpool game where he got injured I think you uh, I think you might have been over at that game as well uh, where yeah. thankfully he didn't pick up um, as serious an injury as we all feared like again, that thing that he's only 18 and he's playing up against that quality of opposition. And Mm. if you were to ask someone to pick out the 18-year-old on the pitch, you never would have picked him. Like, he just, he's so big, he's so strong, he's so physical. Are we looking at a, we we all say the next Robbie Keane. Like, how excited, how excited should we all be?
1: Um, Like, we couldn't have, we couldn't have um, envisaged him having such a dramatic introduction. You know, it's such a dramatic introduction. So, Listen, we couldn't have, in the last camp, we couldn't have envisaged Nathan Collins losing this place. Cause he's been brilliant. Mm. He's playing so well, played so well for Wolves, and he's lost this place. So it can change so quickly, and um, so we we'll have to wait and reserve judgment still. He's uh, he's done well in a short period of time. He needs to stay injury free, and uh, he needs to keep working hard. He's a very humble lad, and he's determined to. Uh, to do well great family and great family support and it's determined to do well so hopefully he can continue to do well
0: You're not going to tell me if he's going to start against France but I assume the fact that he's able to play in those sort of games in the Premier League and the FA Cup means that any concerns you would have had back in November about ability are those have been answered
1: Yeah, no he has shown uh, maturity beyond his years and uh, an understanding of the game and shown terrific attributes and a good temperament so he he would be an addition to the squad for sure
0: it's a big year for you now. You're, what, 30 games in, which I think usually if it was a player, we'd say established international at this stage, established international manager. There was a feeling pre-draw that it was qualification or bust, essentially. Mm-hmm. That conversation has sort of changed. Have you spoken to people in the FAI about what's what's an acceptable campaign?
1: No, no. I mean, it's our ambition to qualify. You know, it's we've built this team for the last two years. And... Um, I think uh, it we want to get to Germany. That's been, unbelu- That without doubt, that's been the focus and the, the determination to do that. That's our ambition. We've been given an unbelievable group now that we weren't expecting in terms of France and Holland in the same group and Greece are very strong and Gibraltar. But regardless, that's the, that's the draw. You can't complain about that. You have to accept it and you have to go and uh, try and... Uh, have extraordinary nights and extraordinary results and um, we've shown our ability to go against the top teams like Portugal home and away and match them really and um, we can take confidence from that when we when we play the top teams
0: How would you compare yourself now 30 games into when you got the job? Well, What's the big change?
1: I think the first eight or eight or ten games were obviously very COVID influenced mm. at the time but and we you know we did Weren't, weren't successful for sure you know but as I said um, I don't like throwing statistics because you can throw other ones back and you know so but you can see now in in that period I think it's we've won we've won out half our games in the last 14 games we've won 7 um, I think it's in the, since that, since our, since we got our first one, we've won eight, lost five, and drawn six, or something like that. So, we've gone to beat Scotland three 0 We've pushed them all the way in Hamden. Uh, a contentious penalty decided in the end. We've uh, two tough games of Portugal home and away. We've been able to go up against Serbia. So, uh, the Ukraine away. So we've shown the capacity to be able to do that, and you know, with the team playing out the way we are, so we just need to get better we're looking at ways how we can improve constantly improve we need to improve again in all aspects of um our preparation Now we're looking to improve and um i think the big thing for us last year one of the big learnings for us i don't even like the word learnings but one of the one of the big things you're we a proper learned. manager now <laughs> one of the I, I can't believe i used it but uh, one of the big um things we learned last year was um the six-week gap between the championship and the game against Armenia, yeah. to the end of the championship, was, was, uh, you know, we were that was our weakest performance against Armenia away, without a shadow of a doubt. And I think that six-week gap, you know, we we get players that, the monitors, all the all the staff support equipment, Damien Doyle, our fitness coach, we measured all their runs every day. We had all that kind of stuff. You're out with the window. It is, difficult. Uh, the transfer window but or the international windows but obviously we've completely different preparation between that six week break now between uh, the end of the championship and the Greece game because all the players playing the championship now bar one or two mm. and I think um,
0: Does that feed into your thinking for this France game where you know you mentioned Nathan Collins unless things changed it'll probably be six weeks since he will have had a game Matt Doherty might get some game time this weekend but Again, it could be six to eight weeks before he's played. There's quite a few players again, as always seems no. to be the way. So
1: what we're doing at the, after this, after the March window, we're having four days in, in two weeks within two weeks of the championship. We have four days in England, four days training, right. So four nights in England, so an intensive training camp for the players from the championship. Also, then we booked a training camp in Turkey to prepare for the Greece game. So we've nine days in Turkey ahead of the Greek game. We've two, and then we travel and we have two days in Greece, we go to Antalya for nine days in preparation. The heat and humidity in Greece, obviously, we didn't want the Greek Greek game in June, when the fixtures were made. There's a day before they, when the team draws made. There's a day before the fixtures. I said, just don't get me Greece in June, but we got Greece in June. But I think the computer decides these things. Um,
0: so, so they tell you,
1: they, they, apparently, but they, but it is what it is. So we've got to prepare to the best of our ability, and obviously, it's uh, we've got to go to Turkey, prepare their heat, humidity make sure we're ready for for that game and then we play Gibraltar three days later but I think so that's that's uh, that, that's massive for us this year because only eight games only eight games between March and November it'll be decided whether we're going to the Euros or not or whether we're in the playoff and or none of the above do you know what I mean so I think it's it's um, it's a great incentive for us over eight games. That short period, we have to produce just maximise our, the talent that we have and try and have extraordinary results against top teams. You know, France and Holland are, are really top international teams, and Greece, are a really emerging team, have done well. So we're going to produ- produce, we're gonna have to produce. We're going to have to produce really strong performances, but we are capable of. that
0: Every international is a referendum on the manager. It has always been the way. Uh, it's the biggest gig in the country for people who have doubts who question who look at the last couple of years and feel that you know even the good performances the momentum has never really come what do you say to those people who have doubts when they look at those eight games as to how you should be judged as Ireland manager
1: no listen, I'm not trying to convince anyone I, th- I think from my point of view people see you know obviously all the games are sellouts right so people are saying right we see what you've done you've given competitive debuts to the to, to Gavin to Mark Travers to Androma Bamadelli, Nathan Collins, Daryl Shea, Jason Malumby, Josh Cullen, Jamie McGrath, Chidoziog Benya.
0: I think uh, there's, a, there's, a, Knight, there's a real recognition Jason of that Knight, amongst Irish and, football and all, fans. And but, the five
1: forwards, right? But there's so, a
0: frustration. The, the Armenian you know, game is the one that stands out, again, of that bit of just struggling to get that extra step of yeah. momentum. Where people thought in that game, well, this is a yeah. match against lower-ranked opposition where we will show what Ireland are about and then...
1: Which, which mean, a setback are the, the, the second the second, second one yeah, at home yeah, which you yeah. win
0: where you're 2-0 up and it almost you almost end yeah, up blowing it yeah no I
1: know listen that was that
0: it was, felt like there was a, d- a different atmosphere at was, the end that of was a, <sighs> that
1: was a tough game like mm. we didn't it wasn't one we celebrated like we won 3-2 and it wasn't euphoric you know that's for sure you know at the end of that game yeah I think we're all in agreement there and um, I think um but nevertheless it was important like Armenia had won a group like for example when Ireland played Georgia in the previous campaign they drew over the years had Georgia nil all and one nil in the previous campaign nil all and one nil but Armenia won the group with Georgia in it so um, they're not they're not in, in, they've improved but in that game they didn't look like doing anything and we were well in control and well so it was a shock to us in that game and <laughs> you know that, that can't happen again I think we obviously learned things in that game and uh, our, our dynamics are to hold the midfielders at that stage. Josh Cullen, Jason Malumbi weren't weren't there on the pitch, but I think. And our attacking, we were a little bit indisciplined from our our back three. We were looking to get forward and get a third goal, which you know. And I have to take responsibility as that for man as manager, you know what I mean? That's I look at myself with that regard, mm. you know.
0: Do you, uh, do you accept that when people look at a performance like that, that that. That stuff has got to stop now. Well,
1: I think I think that. Uh, no, I don't. I think, you know, we were in control for large parts of that. Without been... they were a low block. They were difficult to break down. We were two nil up. We were comfortable, and we conceded two quick fire goals. But we got the winner, and that was important. And we won won a tight game, and that's what we've got to do. We've got to continue to win the tight games because we we didn't uh, previously in the Scottish game we lost to a to a to a controversial penalty. And we. we we benefit from that in the, with a penalty in in the home game, and we got the winner.
0: Mm. How excited are you for France?
1: Yeah, no, I am. Uh, it's um, that's a great game, you know. I think um, it's great history between France and Ireland, obviously. Not that great. Well, John, John <laughs> Giles, who you have a great relationship with, obviously he had a famous win as mm-hmm. a manager of, against France, you know, and for, as a player manager against France and you know certainly um obviously john o'shea and, and keith andrews of course were were playing in the in the in the in the in the more you, are famous you, are you going
0: <laughs> to play that game the night before the, for the players and say this is all still about revenge for these two guys is that john o'shea's first team speech
1: do it for me <laughs> you know so i think uh that's that's well documented and uh, so for us it's a, tactically you've got to think about the game but there'd be no doubt the players would be motivated. The support will be be tremendous, and we're just going to make sure that we uh, we you know we perform without fear, and on that day because that'll be obviously the best possibly the best team in the world um, coming here, and you know some some really uh, brilliant international players and we'll have to be at our best to, to get a result. Football on off the ball with Sky. Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, Scottish Premiership and much more live on Sky Sports.